listening to The Dollop on the All Things Comedy Network. This is a Buy American History podcast. Each week, I, Macho Dave Anthony. <laughs> this is, I like this direct. You can't handle what you're doing. Get your dumb face. Read the story from American <laughs> You're history. killing yourself. To his friend. Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be. It's about. not. It's yeah. not Mas, Mas Macho. No, no, it's not Maspacho. No, no, Mm-mm. no, it's nope. Es Pico Amelito. Uh-huh. Pito, no. Dave, Pico, no, Pico's a Pico's a, a almost a salsa. So you pequeño, might wanna... pequeño Amelito. You should probably just start little the, boy. Start the song, little boy. <laughs> Called it, quote, his jam pad. Jam pad? I'm the fucking hippo guy! Dave, okay. My name's Gary. <laughs> My name's Gary. Wait. Is it for fun? And this is not gonna become the Tiggly Podcast. Okay. This is like Adam! On a five part coefficient. <laughs> My now hit him with the puppy. You both present sick arguments. <laughs> no sleep tell hippo! No sleep tell hippo! Uh, action part. Hi, Gary. No. I done, my friend. No. No. Rhoda. Rhoda in the court. September 9th, 1890. Year of our Lord Jesus Christ. Harland David Sanders was born on a farm near Henryville, Indiana. Okay. That's about 50 miles north of the Kentucky border. Okay. Boy, I really don't know how this country is set up. Oh, Whenever I hear uh, what's well, close, well, this is a different time? Right now we can tell you that in, it, based on what I just said, Indiana is above Kentucky. Right. But do they touch today? Yeah, they haven't moved. Okay. See, that shocks me. That's mm-hmm. the same thing with like people like, hey, it's, you know, it's right near like uh, how Pittsburgh or uh, this is not Pennsylvania is near Ohio. I'm always like, wait, what? How, what? How? You've never looked at a map? I think I, I've looked at a map. Yeah. Even today, I had to look where Vermont was, and I was like, oh, wow. Like, if someone put a map in front of you and said... <laughs> label every lab, state? We're going to do that. It would not go we're well. We're going to do that during a... That'll be, that'll be for Patreon. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be like... It's going to be good. There's going to be eight Indianas. And then after that, we'll do the world. Oh, dude, go fuck yourself. <laughs> we ain't doing the world. <laughs> be like, so all this is China? I think so. Is it not? I'm not sure. <laughs> Uh, so uh, he described Henryville as a community where, quote, uh, later he did, uh, a man usually ha- had only one suit he- that he got to get married in, then he put it away and didn't have it on again until they laid him out in a casket. That's perfect. That's the perfect <laughs> it is, amount it is, of suits. It is 100%. You wear it two times, and one of those times you're dead. Yeah. yeah perfect. Yeah. I no agree. nuts. His father, Wilbur, was a butcher. His mother was a Christian, uh, who was a strict Christian, uh, constantly warning her children of the evils of alcohol, tobacco, you know, gambling. Right, so kind of a fun mom. Uh, His parents had two more kids, a boy and a girl. When he was five, his father died, uh, came home with a fever, and that was it. He was out. See ya. Tell you what, someone comes home with a fever, you're like, I don't like his chances. Yeah, it's not going to happen. If it's before 1900, for sure, you're out. Uh, his mother, Margaret, then had to go uh, work long hours at a local canning factory. I read somewhere that she would sometimes do three-day shifts in a row, but I don't know if that was three true. Three-day shifts? Yeah. She would have to be at the canning factory They're for three straight doctors. days. Well, back then, nobody cared. Just just work? Yeah. yeah just, it's not like today where people are like, hey, 
we want to have you aware and we'll pay you a lot of money to not work a ton of hours. Well, except like doctors today. where they're like, you should still work for every straight. industry in America. <laughs> At five, Harlan started uh, to look after his siblings because his dad was dead. His mom's working, uh, cooking the meals, doing the whole thing. Quote, we didn't have any babysitter, but we got along fine. We knowed enough not to burn down the house. So I'm guessing that there wasn't a lot of time for English. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it doesn't sound like it really... Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> when Harlan I understand. Was, yeah. yeah. When Harlan was 12, uh, his mom remarried, and they moved to Indianapolis. He did not get along with his stepfather, and within a year, he left home. How old is he? He's 12? He's 12. Okay. He's out. Right. Sure. For three years, he bounced around Indiana, working various jobs. Uh, farmhand, horse carriage painter, streetcar fare collector. Uh, he even went to school for a bit. Uh, when he's living on his own, but he dropped out in the sixth grade. Quote, the teacher started us on algebra. She kept saying X equals the unknown quantity. That didn't sound no good to me. If there was an unknown quantity, I wanted to find out about it, else I didn't want to mess with it. This so guy. that's where me and the school parted. This is, this is where me and him come together. <laughs> this is your yeah. spirit animal? Yeah, this is yeah. the guy who doesn't know that Kentucky's next door. I like this. In 1906, at 16, he lied about his age and enlisted in the Army. I'm 14. <laughs> That'll do. Uh, he was deployed to Cuba, but uh, he got severe seasickness during the trip to the island, and that resulted in him losing 41 pounds. Oh, my God. At 16? I, that one I'd have What do you check. weigh? You yeah. weigh, like, what, 150? I know. That, I'd see, it didn't Especially say, back then, probably 140? It didn't say how much he weighed. You're but, losing, like, a third of your body mass. I mean, it's not great. Okay. He hated the military. His main task was taking care of mules. Well, I wonder what part of the military he didn't like. That's the fun part. Yeah, for sure. After four months, he was honorably discharged. Okay. I read somewhere that they found out what, how, what age he was, but who knows? Right. It might have just been he had just done a really good job with the mules. Right. So they're like, get out of here. You peaked. Uh, he moved to Alabama and got a job cleaning locomotive engines. So nice. that's fucking cool gig, rad. For sure. Uh, and then he worked his way up to a steam engineer stoker, which is known as a fireman. So I think that's where you're throwing the coal in. All right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it was there. He said he picked up the habit of swearing like a sailor, which would continue for the rest of his life. Nice. Uh, in 1909, Harlan met and married Josephine King in 1910. They had a daughter, Margaret. So he's 19 years old. He's got a kid. Sure. Just the way it's supposed to be. Yep. In 1912, they had a son, Harlan Jr., uh, Harlan became heavily involved in the Brotherhood of Locomotive Firemen and Engineermen, mm -hmm. which upset his bosses, who were union busters. Okay, so it's a union. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they used a brief re recurrence of his motion sickness to fire him. So, so he, he would get motion sickness once in a while, and so when he got motion sickness... Wait, what would he get motion sickness from? From being on the train. Oh, boy. So he was really... It's not a great job yeah, for him, but he no, loved it. No, they, it was the job he wanted. Is this the story of Dramamine? <laughs> Um, so after that, he got a job in railroad track maintenance, but he didn't like it. He wanted to work on the trains. He kept getting seasick. He's seasick on the tracks. Around. Oh, God. Ugh. Uh, but he wanted to work on trains because they gave him, quote, the feeling I was sitting on top of the world. Mm-hmm. It's a different time, man. It's a different era. Everybody, all the kids back then wanted to work. Being on a train was the thing. Right. They're, you know. Yeah. It is, it's different. Yeah. Uh, so he quit that job and left to be a to get a fireman job in Virginia. Uh, he goes without his family. Okay, interesting. Maybe he was going to bring him back along later, or sure. 
whatever, but his wife was upset with him. Yeah. And said he was. It's w- just not, it's not normally how it goes. It's not? No. Well, what if you're on a baseball team? Yeah, that's different. You come home, it's just not the same thing. <laughs> so it's not the same thing as like Buster Posey? No. It's not? No. Unless there's something glaring about Buster Posey, I don't know. Well, sometimes he's gone on the Yeah, he travels. Work. We travel for work. It's mm-hmm. different. You don't go, I'm starting a new life in another town. I'll come back. That's what I say to my wife every time I go to a tour uh, gig. That's a weird exit. It's just how I keep him on edge. It's a cool catchphrase. <laughs> uh, keep him on edge. His wife was upset with him and said he was, quote, jumping around from job to job too much like a flea. Mm. His brother-in-law sent him a letter when he was in Virginia, and that's how he learned his wife had taken the kids and moved out, torn down their home, and gave away their furniture to neighbors. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's a... She's out. When she's out, she's out. That's that's, that's like a Lisa Left Eye Lopez exit strategy. <laughs> <laughs> she's everything. <laughs> everything must go. <laughs> that is, so that's an amazing thing to find out via letter, too. Yeah. Oh, this is a fucked up letter. Yeah. Like, well, wait, what? Yeah. I mean, watching someone read that letter, whatever it is, man, you're overreacting. What happened? She tore my house down and sold all my stuff. Well, that's crazy. <laughs> that's not. That's not normal. Is she left eye? If she's Lisa Left Eye Lopez. Oh no, that's a bad yeah. one. Yeah. Um, she, you know, she, uh, she said it was because of the job, right? And Harlan quote, "Well, after a while, I got so homesick to see my family and especially the children that I thought up a plan to kidnap them." Cool. Ne- logical next step. It's is where you to go. Kidnap your kids. It's where you go. Yep. Well, apology or kidnap? Uh, it's easier to kidnap. Yo, you eat less crow if you kidnap. Hundred percent. I mean, the look on her face when you're apologizing. Uh, the, oh, the, you can't oh, give her the satisfaction. The worst. You can't give her the satisfaction. Now, well, the look I want to see is her knowing her kids have been stolen. I'll tell you what. I might give away a bunch of that furniture on the way out too. Take um, those kids and throw the autumn into the neighbors. Uh, so, uh, quote. Uh, a heavy wooded area was on one side of the home in Jasper. My plan was to lie in them woods until the children came out to play. Then I'd pick them up and head for the railroad station. Is anyone keeping track of the possible trauma this causes children? When you're like, hey, but- our dad's been lying in leaves. <laughs> and now he's stealing us. So he waited in the woods for a whole day, but the kids did not come outside. Damn it. So Harlan decided to just go up to the house, knock on the door, and upon... Seeing him, the kids should play soon. <laughs> Upon seeing him, his wife immediately took him back. Weird, <laughs> weird <laughs> chronology. Well, it's one of those things where it's easy. Why to are you just... covered in dirt and twigs? I'm, I'm a, uh, I, I missed you. I like woods. I missed you. I mwah, walked mwah, here mwah, through mwah, the forest. Mwah, I'm sorry, I gave away our bed. Yeah, there's no house. Yeah, no, I tore it all down. I yeah. was really pissed. Yeah, that's not what you should do. When I you're know. Mine. I let my emotions get the best of me because it's a house. Well, you're the level-headed one because you just came back just to say I'm sorry and yeah. just you know, and yeah. I was the one who overreacted and yeah. did a crazy thing, but yeah. then you manned up that's and right. just came here just to. Apologize. I wasn't hiding in the Just, woods. I nobody would say that. I you wasn't. covered in twigs, but you wasn't walked in the woods. Wasn't going to steal them. No, of course not. Nobody would ever say, say sorry. that. I wasn't stealing. Yes, the you kids. were here to say. Mm. Mm. I love. I love you. Uh, <laughs> do you know where the border Kentucky is? Uh, no. <laughs> um. 
So he then the family moves to Tennessee because he got a fireman job. Okay. So this time he's like, why don't now, we all go to Tennessee? <laughs> I learned. Wouldn't that make a ton of sense to all of us? Um, but then he pretty quickly got fired because uh, he got in a fist fight with an engineer. Okay. Which happens. Sure. Yeah, of course. Uh, so they moved to Little Rock, Arkansas, where Harlan got another fireman job. Okay. Uh, and he also started studying law via uh, correspondence, right? Through letters, like you're supposed to. As you're supposed to get uh, a law degree, you do it through letters. Letter law. Letters. letters letter of the law. Have letters from lawyers or letters huh? pertaining to... Yeah, letters come, they have law on them. Mm-hmm. And that's... Uh, that's how it works. Okay. Yeah, well, I guess... That's so. how my dad got his law degree. And uh, I, just, from what I remember, he's not a lawyer. No. Right. He is a dog uh, watcher. Sitter, right. Sitter watcher. <laughs> Walker. He walks sure, him sure, also. Sure. Yeah. So he's sort of a dog lawyer. He's a dog lawyer. Yeah, That's right. Okay. <laughs> Your Honor. <laughs> Rest my case. <laughs> Throw a bunch of little bacon strips on the ground. All right, we should get out of here. I think we're this is a what we call a hung jury. Uh, so, so he's studying law via letters. I don't know what it means either, but sure, he's reading a bunch of letters about law. I'm, I'm sure back then you just see someone in a magazine, you sign up for it, you get sent things to study the law. Sure, yep. yeah. One day, a train jumped the track nearby where he lived, and he went. And uh, used his new legal expertise. Was it the, the Dukes of Hazard? It was not. No, oh. it's just a trade. Uh, he uses his new legal expertise to help the injured victims get fair compensation from the railroad company. Okay. Which he works for. Okay, so that's a conflict. So they so were not happy really? that he did that. They were like, you've been reading letters, <laughs> Harland? And they fired him. Okay. If you can imagine, I don't know why. Yeah, well, yeah, I think I get it. So now he believed uh, he was supposed to be a lawyer. Okay. And Harlan began to practice in the Justice of the Peace Court in Little Rock, which didn't require passing the bar. Right. Well, and also he's got eight letters. Yeah, he's got so, or more. I mean, at yeah. this point, he could have a lot. Yeah, he could have a dozen letters. So he worked minor cases. Um, he was once arrested for attempting assault and battery for trying to beat up his own unruly client with a chair. So it's, he has a little bit of a temper. Right. It, He's usually It's a super not nice a guy. good look in the courtroom to attack your client with a chair. Well, this is the early 1900s. So. Still, it's not a good look. Like, I okay. feel like the jury is like, I think that I don't like either of these guys. Maybe it makes, you the, makes your client seem more sympathetic. It could be a brilliant technique. You're yeah. right. It could be they're just like, well, the lawyer's just the worst. <laughs> we feel really bad for him. Not guilty. Uh, Harlan got a case he thought he could easily win, uh, but then the uh, judge ruled against him. Okay. Uh, this left his client bankrupt, and Harlan got no money. Now, the Arkansas State Senate, at the same time, was considering a bill to severely limit the powers of the Justice of the Peace Court. So Harlan was so angry about the case that he just lost that he went and testified in the Senate in favor of the bill 
he, using the case he just lost as an example of the court miscarrying justice. Right. And uh, to be clear, Harlan, you uh, attacked one of your clients with a chair. Oh well, sir, he. Uh, sir, <laughs> I so uh, funny story, sir. He looked me in the eyes. <laughs> well, that is droll. Thank you. All right. Well, we should probably recess. Okay. Yes. Uh, so, um, the bill passed. Okay. Great news. Uh, Harlan, quote, I began to realize I wasn't as smart as I thought. You see, maybe I'd made a big hit at the hearings, but I'd knocked myself out of a job. Yeah. I mean, so. yeah. <laughs> How does it, it sounds like he had a lot of time to probably process what he was doing. <laughs> yeah. I think he was mad. Okay. So he's lawyered himself out of a law job. That's right. Right. What's he going to read letters about next? Uh, oh, Medicine? Well, he moved the family back to Indiana. Okay. He held a bunch of different jobs. Would have um, been nice if we had a house here. <laughs> well, it's on It's on the ground. Well, it's it would wood. be nice. And maybe some furniture, I like went, a bed or something. Oh, my God. Let it go. Yeah, I will let it go. Just like you let go all of our bedding and our pillows and our couches. You were going to steal the children. I what I I was napping in leaves for a day. Yes, for a day. Why do you think I didn't let him outside? Well, you why crazy would you not let him play? The kids need fresh air, you idiot. Oh, get over here! You're like here. the goddamn uh, swamp uh, thing out back. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love when we fight. He worked at a flour mill uh, at an insurance company as a ferry boat operator. Mm-hmm. Uh, he sold lighting systems for farms. He was a secretary of the Chamber of Commerce of Columbus. Uh, he was a Michelin tire salesman. Do you want to just go through what he didn't do? Is that in a shorter list? Yeah, he goes through a lot of jobs. Okay. So the Michelin tire salesman job ended in 1926. Now, what happened was his son's Model T sedan sometimes needed to be pulled to start. His son's model? Okay, okay, right. So he would hook it up to his car and pull it, and sure. then they would get it going. Right. It's a good model. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Harlan tied the car to his and he started pulling it and they went over a bridge at Hickman Creek, you know, Hickman Creek. Yeah, right? obviously. Uh, it's a swinging bridge that had been built for horse carriages. So it's, uh, so it's uh, super uh, scary and treacherous. Yep. It should have just been a regular bridge. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so not cars on the bridge when they're on it. Uh, one of the cables snapped and both cars fell 42 feet. They're both inside the cars. Jesus. They both survived, you know, scrapes, bruises and whatnot. Mm hmm. Uh, cars are destroyed. So now they need another car to kind of pull those cars right. to get those going. This, you can see where this is going to go. It's the beginning of parades. <laughs> so he got fired uh, after that by Michelin because he couldn't afford a new car and needed a car to be a tire salesman. Sure, sure. Same he retired. <laughs> he and Josephine had a third child, Mildred. Uh-huh. Definitely time to expand the household while yeah. things are so secure. Yeah. So after 15 years in Indiana, Harlan bought a struggling gas station in Nicholsville, Kentucky. Quote, Sounds like a rich area. Yeah. Quote, up to this time, I had always worked for somebody else. This service station gave me the first opportunity I had to control my own destiny. Mm-hmm. Uh, he opened earlier and closed later than his competitors. He washed customers' cars and re- repaired tires for free, and the station became very popular. Okay, here we go. And then the ga- a Great Depression hit. All right. Now, if memory serves, that was good for business. Good. It's called Great, yeah, right? Yeah, the Great Depression. Yes. <laughs> it, is, it is a horrible name. Yeah, it should be the Terrible Depression. Yeah. Well, this depression is fantastic. <laughs> it is amazing. I haven't eaten in days. 
This is a great depression. <laughs> so we are having a hell of a time at the depression. <laughs> uh, he's forced to sell the gas station. But the Shell Oil Company had heard how successful a station had been and hired him to run a new gas station in Corbin, Kentucky. Okay. There were two other gas stations. Finally, our heroes step in. That's right. There were two other gas stations in town, uh, one run by Matt Stewart, the other by a man named McVeigh. Harlan said McVeigh was, quote, one of them old mountain boys. He had a pet pig beside the corner of the service station and kept water in a puddle so the pig could wallow in it. Well, this is I. We now have a leader for my favorite person. In the story. <laughs> it's a different the time. man who pig puddles. Yeah, you gotta have a pig puddle. Yeah, McVeigh had the best location in town for a gas station. He got most of the traffic from the highway, so he's right off the highway. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Harlan was very nice to McVeigh. When Shell offered Harlan a second air compressor, he gave it to McKay because he didn't have one. Okay. And when Mc, Mc, uh, when McVeigh retired a short while later, he offered Harlan the location. Okay, interesting. So Harlan moved to the. What McVay. about the pig? Is the pig included the, in the location? I didn't hear anything the else puddle? about the pig. I assume McVeigh took his pig. Interesting. That would be fucked to not take your pig. I agree. The pig should go. Harlan moved uh, to the the McVeigh lot, and then he went around and painted ads on all the barns with a hundred miles of Corbin, and he chose barns rather than billboards because quote down in that country, hunters was always shooting up roadside signs. But no hunter is going to come along and shoot the dot over the I in the hole or the O knowing there's a mule inside. That's, that's, that's good letter lawyer logic. That's right. He that's, thought it through. Yep. Yep. No, it's a relatable era as well. Uh, so Matt Stewart's gas station is now his only competitor. Okay. What and does one, he have? A horse? Mini horse? We don't, we don't know about his animal situation. Teacup pig? No, we, we're not sure. Okay. Um, so one day, Stuart painted over one of Harlan's barn ads. Now, is he just, he's painting, can you just paint on people's barns? I think he gets permission. Oh, okay. That's, a, that's good. Uh, so Stuart paints over one. Um, Harlan's furious. And he threatened to, quote, blow his goddamn head off. Okay. So this guy goes from zero to 60. Yeah, he kind of does. I'm noticing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he should just steal his kids. Yeah. That would be the, that's how you that's get back. That's usually what he does. Yeah. That's a good play. So he went back and repainted his ad on the barn over Stewart's. So are we having a paint off? Seems like it. Wow. A little while later, Harlan was meeting with two Shell Oil district managers at his gas station when they heard Stewart was back painting over the ad again. Oh, my God. So they grabbed their guns. Jesus. It's fucking serious business, man. You don't paint over a dude's ad. Just seems a little much. There's still mules inside. Still I don't know if you want guns. And Harlan and the managers headed for the barn. Stewart's up on a ladder. When he saw them coming, he jumped off and started shooting at them. Okay. <laughs> he killed one of the shell managers. Jesus God. <laughs> My God. This is just dark, dark stuff. Uh uh, and Harlan and the other shell manager shot back, and they hit Stewart in the shoulder. Harlan and the man- How do you explain to a man's family that he was killed over a barn ad? Back then, barn ads are fucking serious. Yeah, business. okay. They'd be, it'd be like, your husband's killed over a barn ad. They'd be like, okay, I get it. Well, at least he died doing what he loved. <laughs> um, so they they went to trial, but they were uh, it was determined they had shot back and uh, acted in self defense. Okay. Stewart was found guilty of murder. 
Yes. Well, uh, he murdered a man. Yeah. Right. Uh, two years later, he was murdered in prison, supposedly by a deputy sheriff who had been paid off by the dead manager's family. So that's by a the, good idea. Oh, wow. Jesus. Yeah. Well, you got to have justice. Yeah, sure. Yep. Yeah. Harlan now had the only gas station in town. Yeah, well... That's how it works. Right. You, you shoot the other guy, and then he dies in prison. Yep. That's just how you drew it up. That's, In yeah. the oil playbook. That's right. Uh, his gas station's a huge hit. Open 24 hours a day. Harlan always went the extra mile for his customers. He even drove around... You need me to kill someone? <laughs> I'll do that. I have a track record of being involved in uh, murders. A couple yeah. degrees away, but I still don't have a problem with it. You want me to do your windshield, check the tires, and shoot that kid in the back seat? Yeah, you can actually leave the windshield. Okay. Just boosh. There you go. Thank you. Yo, you want me to clean off the back seat? Actually, now that I look at it, I would like the back seat a little cleaned up. He's all over there. Yeah, he is. I really know how to do him. <laughs> Who knows? Who knew he was full of so much goo? Oh, my God. When a boy pops, he really pops. That's my first boy pop. Yeah. Mm. I'm going to go inside and have a sarsaparilla. All right, I'm crying inside. All right, clean the back and make sure you get all the little parts out of the divots. Yes, yes, will, ma'am. Thank you. That order was wrong. Uh, So... He would drive around the state to check which roads were being repaired so he could tell customers what routes to take. Okay. Oh, that's, a pretty, that's a pretty good service. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah. We're wor- so spoiled now, it's like, yeah, obviously. Ways. <laughs> ways. What are you ways. talking about? Uh, word of mouth about the station spread beyond Corbin. Truckers became a, bo- a large part of his business. In 1932, his son Harlan Jr. Uh, died... At 20 years old, due to complications from tonsillitis. Mm. The great killer. Yep. The eight, eight, the early 1900s version of uh, AIDS. Is, was it terrible? No, but no. I was recently, uh, for whatever reason, I may have been on Wikipedia uh, searching which uh, MLB players had died while they were players. And a lot of them died of uh, really common shit. Really? Yeah. So, but you did reveal that you're a real weirdo. I mean, sometimes you get on a hole. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Creep. Sometimes it starts with... Come to bed, Dave. Hold on. I just got to check something real quick. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. <laughs> sometimes you. Sometimes someone sends you a link of that a Cincinnati player uh, went to sleep during a game on the field and then you look that up and then all of a sudden you're looking at which players died during uh, baseball It's quite a leap. We should careers. get back to the story, okay. but you and I after maybe need to do a talk yeah, space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's fair. Uh, so, uh, the, the death of the son puts a pretty big strain on the marriage. Sure. Uh, Harlan becomes a huge fixture in Corbin. He joins the Rotary Club. He, he started volunteering in an orphanage uh, and Alcoholics Anonymous. He didn't drink. He wasn't a drinker. Mm -hmm. Uh, He volunteered as a county inspector and became friends with a lot of poor residents in the town. Okay. He started a side business delivering babies at low cost for families who couldn't afford real doctors. Uh Uh-huh. Sure. Yep. Um, No. Just keep going, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) What are you talking about? Well, he owns a gas station. He knows laws. He owns. Listen to what you're saying. No, he doesn't. He he knows law, and he worked on a train. Yeah, he worked on a train. He was fired. He was an insurance salesman. Yes, he he learned about the law from letters. He um, we did a lot of jobs, so a lot of that just just translates to taking a baby out of a lady. Someone, no, yeah, yeah, that's all. We're saying the exact opposite thing, but it it all comes together and paints a picture. It does not do that for me. Like we're agreeing, we are disagreeing. Quote, I got me a lard bucket and puts my... This is a terrible start. 
this is we're talking this well is, let me large your lady up and then maybe <laughs> i'll jump on her tummy until the thing goes squish squish and hits the pillar <laughs> what i got me a lard bucket and puts in my shears and got shears <laughs> what <laughs> well first i'm on a trimmer and then we're going to lard her. I assume that's for the umbilical cord. Still. <laughs> or the sheep. I don't know. I, I, listen, when you start with a bucket of lard, assuming you're going to seem the umbilical cord is pretty ambitious. If you, if you tell me you've got a bucket of lard and shears, I'm like, Friday night, let's go. Let's do it. This okay. is perfect. Oh, I don't even think you need the lard. The shears will do, but however you want to do it, doctor. No, I'm a gas station attendant. I got me a lard bucket and puts in my shears and gauze and Vaseline and kept it ready. When I got a call, I would grab that bucket and take off. I had at least one baby in them hills named after me. <laughs> That's uh, Okay, so one baby lived, for sure. Uh, for sure. But then he quit delivering a, uh, a children after he delivered one who was conceived out of wedlock. That's what did it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Or, okay. Or he greased one up too much. I think he greased one up too much, and it just shot out of the window. I assume he was using the lard to... Without grease the shoot. By the way, I'm picturing lard with like a brush, and he's just kind of painting yeah. around. Oh yeah, that's what does it. Yeah, that <laughs> <laughs> he's just sort of like how they used to hang up wallpaper. That's what I'm picturing. <laughs> or they probably still do. Harlan learned a corrupt cop was arresting tourists in town on fake charges. The local justice of the peace and county attorney would then convict them, and they'd split the fines with the cop. Mm-hmm. So they got a racket going. Yep. Corbin getting a bad reputation would hurt his business. So using his legal expertise. He larded up the bars and ripped the oh. people out of the cells. <laughs> he larded up the people. <laughs> Harlan made forms explaining how tourists could ask for a change of trial venue. Hmm. And the county attorney then sued him for practicing law without a license, even though he was just offering legal tips. Right. Uh, so Harlan then requested a change of venue. Okay. As, oh, as right. he read in his own pamphlet. <laughs> and they were like, where did you learn Oh, this? my God. He's a genius. He's been reading letters. Uh, and the charges were dismissed. Okay. But the racket continued. So Harlan put up a 16-foot tall sign outside the gas station. Okay. That read, quote, avoid Corbin and Whitley County. Constable and fee grabbers may get you. Walter Ray Smith, county attorney, receives 40% of all fines. This is, I think this is out of the business model. This, <laughs> I mean, he's, you know, he's going, he's. Yes. Yeah. He's got to fight. He's got to fight. So Smith sued Harlan for 20000 Okay. They settled out, settled out of court. Uh, but this was, this whole scenario, the whole thing was written up in newspapers in Kentucky and in all the neighboring states. So he's a hero. Well, he got tons of publicity. Right, right, okay. So it just makes the gas station more popular. Right. So business starts booming. Okay, interesting PR. Yep, and he got an idea. He would combine foot and... Uh, foot. He would combine food and gas so truckers would only have to make one stop. Mm. Hmm? Mm-hmm. So this is where boiled peanuts came from. This is when gas stations started to serve egg sandwiches for some and this reason. Is, and now it's the rolling hot dogs in a in a Seven Eleven. Well, we should thank this guy for being the guy who gave us the rolling hot dogs in the Seven Eleven and diarrhea of big time. Yeah, I mean, anytime you're behind someone at a Seven Eleven, who's like, also I just, a dozen wings. You're I like, buddy, buddy, cannot, listen, 
It's fucking. This is this is there there everywhere else is better to go. It's fucking death. You're everywhere watching else death is better roll to go. Around. Well, look at that that hot dog covered in everything. Mm. Mm. They don't, they don't look like hot dogs. They're hot dogs covered in just shit. Yeah, I call them pigs in a puddle. That's a callback, you asshole. <laughs> I know it was. Come on. I know. I was giving you nothing for it. Yeah. I need you. Aaron, can you step in? Uh, so uh, so he cleared out a small room in the gas station and filled it with his family's dining room table and six chairs. <laughs> okay. This is just how restaurants works. Yeah. This is how you start a restaurant. It's not, you need okay. a chair and a chairs and a table. So is he is he talking about selling food yeah, or he's, he's talking food. about he's having family suppers in the back when people are <laughs> loading up? He's going to make food and sell it. Okay. And he thinks he needs a table just because. Well, you got to have a place to sit for the people. Exactly. It's a Thank restaurant. You. Right. A food or, food or uh, sitter place. Yes, exactly. It's a food so sitter. He, yep. cook, he cooked up uh, what he knew how to cook, uh, biscuits, string beans, and fried chicken. Mm. Word spread about the amazing fried chicken. This gas station got a reputation as a dining spot. Okay. He shut down the gas station and opened the Harlan Cafe. The gas station part is done. Now he finished with the gas station. The, the, the people were coming for the food so much that, that he was, was like, this like, is what I'm going to do. Yeah, okay. Soon the restaurant was just raking in money. And in 1935, the Kentucky governor gave Har- Harlan the honorary title of Kentucky Colonel. Oh, what con- is going on? <laughs> no. What? No. No. <laughs> what? Yeah. This is... Uh, this is like learning about the origin story of Grimace. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so he gets that for his contribution to the state's cuisine. And it's not a big deal to get that uh, title. There are thousands of Kentucky colonels at that point. Sure. Uh, he didn't think much of it. So in 1937, <laughs> he bought the lot next door and turned it into a 17-room motel. Okay. So now he's got a... Motel and restaurant. It's called the Chicken Inn. (laughs) Which were called the Harlan Court and Cafe. Okay. Huge hit. Okay. Uh, Part of that was because of Jim Crow. Okay. Uh, Jim Crow was actually a pet crow that an early motel guest had owned. And Harlan liked the crow's antics and bought the crow from the customer. Wait, what? A guy was staying in the hotel, motel, and he had a pet crow. Holiday Inn. uh, And... He and Harlan liked how wacky the crow was, so he bought him. Okay, it's another attraction for the people. Try some fried crow. It doesn't talk. That's me talking. I'm Harlan now. <laughs> now that I know who I am. Uh, so what, what? So here's what the crow would do. The customers would put. Those are super smart. Super so I'm smart. Sure that, very yeah. very smart. Um, so they would people would put pennies in the cuffs of their pants, and Jim it's Crow a really weird start. Yeah. Uh, and racist. And uh, Jim Crow would run behind them trying to grab the penny with his beak. So the, he would chase them and try to grab the penny out of their uh, pant cuff. So the reason why it's named, the crow is named Jim Crow. because it's black. Oh, right. right. I, would, I can only assume right, right, that it's horrible racism. Right, right. Yeah. Um, that which is normally the safe bet for this era. You wouldn't find, if you wouldn't confused, expect to find that in Kentucky at this time. No, no, no. Or, or now. Oh, no. Um... So if somebody didn't give the crow a penny, particularly if a woman didn't, Jim Crow would angrily peck at their ankles. So it's fun. Is it fun? Uh, no. Okay, right. Just to be clear. 
And once Jim Crow snuck into a guest room while the guest was at the cafe. Okay, this is now crossing a line as far as like what is like this is now no longer a show. This is robbery. Is it's a horror movie. At this yeah, point. it's becoming yeah. a horror film. Uh, Harlan quote: "I'll be goddamn if that crow didn't get to Sashan around the room and see himself in the mirror." And when the salesman, this is a crazy theory. When the salesman got back to the room, it was a mess. That crow had torn up everything to fight the other crow he'd seen in the mirror. This is a wackadoodle theory. This, well. His, uh, his the, the colonel, as we can now call him, <laughs> his theory is that the crow saw himself in the mirror and he was like, I'm going to destroy this room to show that other crow. That's right. Okay. Crow fight. Yep. Uh, so Harlan, after that, had to give Jim Crow away. Okay. There was also a donkey out behind the motel for a while. Mm-hmm. And to amuse guests, Harlan would bring them in back where the donkey would hee-haw, and apparently this was uh, a great bit of fun sure. for people. Well, there wasn't TV. <laughs> so this is where you would be, what are we going to watch tonight? We'll go watch a donkey kick and hee-haw. <laughs> well, we'll be all up all night with that adrenaline oh, rush. God damn it, that was fun. Look at him. Oh, man, I ain't, I'm exhausted from laughing and having a good time. Tell me the story about when you saw the donkey again. Oh, yeah. Okay, so. He's kicking I walk, and stuff. Yeah, I walk around the building. Yeah. And the donkey's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I miss Kentucky. Oh, oh man. What a great place. It's even secondhand. It's a winner. There was a racist crow. Oh, well. Hated I, women. Of course. So, uh, oh, man, I miss that sexist, state. racist crow. Yeah, pretty great place. Well, yeah, this is, uh, in this era, that's fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh. Uh, so early 1939, a fire broke out in the restaurant and it spread to the motel. Most of uh, it was destroyed, but it was insured. Harlan, quote, I got to thinking to myself, you can sleep a man only once in 24 hours, but you can feed him three times. <laughs> yeah, sort of. <clears throat> so he built a 142 seat restaurant. Motel's gone. Okay. What did he call this establishment? Um, Taco Bell. Oh, that's right. Right. <laughs> uh, the restaurant became a huge success. Now, Harland still was holding a grudge against his wife for the time she left him and tore down the house. Well, I feel like we buried that. I feel like we buried the hatchet on that. He was still holding on. We did. He didn't. Okay. Quote, her leaving they made me- out so much. Though. Yeah, they did. They did. Yeah. Quote, her leaving me just because I had lost a job had a cut in effect where our love was young and tender. When our love was young and tender. I guess I never really got over it. In 1948, after 39 years of marriage, they divorced. Mm-hmm. Harlan uh, would later write what happened next. Quote, I never intended to marry again, but after a year and a half, I began to lose buttons on my coat. I could sew them on, but then my socks needed darning. And I couldn't darn socks. There's a tailor. I realized I needed a wife. No, you need a tailor. A Harlan, wife. You need a tailor. Claudia had been one of our early employees. This so is I, not love. I don't, had don't marry this poor person. Occasion to observe her and knew how dependable she was. But you need a tailor. What her life was and how industrious she was. Maybe read some letters on how to sew. So I proposed to Claudia. No. And now my socks don't have holes. Oh, my God. God. And I get to fuck her. Oh, Harland. Because sometimes I bang her through a hole in my sock to show her what I need fixing. (laughs) But actually, that's not what happened. Okay. That's his version. 
her version is like, we just, I don't never forget when our eyes met. And there was a sparkle off the river and it just had a little twing in the corner of his eye and I knew he was the one. And then and then I handed her my socks. And then I started sewing up his yeah, buttons. Yeah, that's love right there. Yeah. His daughter Margaret said Claudia was his mistress and they had been together before she came to work for right. Harlan. Quote, the peace of our whole family was altered by their affair. Mother refused to accept that she alone could not satisfy father's physical needs. He needed a two-piece. Yeah, he needed a double set. Yeah, he needed a two-piece. Maybe um, some sides. Yeah. Uh, which, from the very beginning of their marriage, had seemed excessive to her. So he liked to fuck a lot. Sure. He's a double fucker, they call it, in the business. Absolutely, right. Father, nevertheless, had a libido which required a healthy, willing partner, and he found one in young Claudia. Mm-hmm. So that's... The real story. Okay. Harlan's life changed because he uh, had uh, an infamous dirty mouth. Okay. He went to a National Restaurant Association convention and became friends uh, with a Salt Lake City restaurant owner named Pete Harmon. Okay. Now, Harlan told Harmon he was going to go, so after that, Harlan told Harmon he was going to go to a church convention in Australia. Okay, great stuff. Quote, of course, I didn't tell him that my reason for going was to try to get some inspiration to overcome my cussing. Uh, he, what, he's going to Austra- an Australian church to learn how to not cuss? Well, it's not a church. It's a church convention. Right. So a lot of church people. I don't know around. if Australia is the right place to go to stop <laughs> I feel like that's off the list. Uh, mate, I- fuck's not a fucking swear, mate. You, dr- you come all this bloody way. To try and quit swearing? Now, fuck's not a problem. Turn your fucking Bibles yeah. to pay. <laughs> <laughs> now, see, what you do is you have a couple of these beers and then you beat the man with a bloody Bible. <laughs> That's the move. Um, I didn't particularly care for the meetings, but I did think with all those pious people around, ministers, missionaries, and such like, then I might be able to get the kind of help I needed. Well, the truth is you couldn't, you've never been able to find a bunch of religious fanatics in America. That's right. So you have to sometimes outsource Gotta go to Australia, job. yeah. yeah. Uh, so, he's, so he's going to Australia, and the guy Harmon in Salt Lake City says, stop by my restaurant. I stop by and hang out in Salt Lake City on your way to Australia. Sure, it's a natural uh, destination. It's a, right, it's a straight shot. Yes, right on the way, shot. it's a straight, straight shot. So it'd he, be crazy to not. Yeah. Dude. You're going right by it. That's right. So he did. Okay. And there Harlan cooked his first batch of his fried chicken fried chicken that he ever had done outside of his restaurant. Okay. Harmon loved it and talked Harlan into letting him license the recipe. Harlan would get four cents for every chicken sold. Okay. Seems like a shit deal. <laughs> Doesn't it? That's kind of free money. I mean Yeah, but it's also like Yeah. I mean, licensing is really free money. Right. But still, you can yeah. have more free money. Well, we don't know how much the chicken cost back then. I that's true. But that that's, I'm assuming it wasn't eight cents. Uh, he stopped by on his way back from Australia two weeks later. It can't be two weeks later, but whatever. Yeah. Probably two months <laughs> two, later. Two years. Yeah. Uh, and he found a seven-foot tall sign touting the new name, Kentucky Fried Chicken. Wow. The manager came up with a slogan. It's finger-licking good. Oh, he did that. <clears throat> Harmon had Harland record a radio ad for Kentucky Fried Chicken. You're going to keep licking your fingers. You ain't going to stop. 
<laughs> it's the first time he had promoted his food on mic. In 1953, the Eisenhower administration came up with the, the interstate highway system. And after a few years, news came that the highway in front of the Harlan Cafe would be replaced with Interstate 5, which would bypass Corbin entirely. Oh, no. So most of the restaurant's business were travelers on the highway. This is, this is where they invented roadside barns. Or IEDs. IEDs, exactly. He saw the writing on the wall and decided to sell the restaurant. Two years before, he had been offered $164,000, but now he couldn't find a buyer. In 1956, he sold the restaurant for $75,000 at auction. He used the money to pay taxes and outstanding bills, and Harlan Sanders was now 65 years old, living off his monthly Social Security check. Wow. Okay. America. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Harlan made... Uh, had made some similar franchising agreements for his chickens that he had done with Harmon, but sure. you know, half a dozen or so around the country. It's not a ton of money, not making him rich or anything, obviously. Um, but there's potential. He sees potential in franchising, right? So he, without, he, his, he's still business minded. He, how yeah. old is he? Sixty five. Yeah. Okay. Sixty five. All right. Without a restaurant, Harlan and Claudia dove into the franchising business. Claudia mixed the herbs and spices and shipped them off to franchises, which ensured the recipe would remain a secret. Uh-huh. Harlan crossed the country looking for new franchisees. He would spend days at a restaurant promoting his chicken technique, cooking for customers, and often sleeping in the back of his car. He would just go to a restaurant? What? He would just drive around to restaurants and try to <laughs> talk them into doing his licensing uh, So essentially he's licensing like his chicken. an acoustic guitar player, but with spices? This next That's one, right. you're gonna love this next one. It's called Wings. He's essentially a shitty cover band, right? Okay. Um, so it's 65. He's sleeping in his fucking car, sleep- like the like the ultimate nightmare. It's right. hard enough to sleep when you're 65 in a bed. Yes, but he needed he needed a marketing scheme to set his brand apart, and he remembered his honorary Kentucky colonelship and began going by Colonel Sanders. Here we go. Here we go. He sported a white mustache and goatee. He started using a cane, holding a cane, wearing a white suit. I'm going to dress like old Satan if he had white. (laughs) Uh, White suit, white shirt, black string tie, black shoes. While Colonel Sanders was known to to be a nice guy, he had anger flare-ups. Sure. He was known to swear at employees and sometimes at the employees in restaurants his chicken was franchised in. Sure. Well, he's an old man. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He wasn't one to back down or let stuff get by. At a restaurant he and Claudia were eating at, this isn't even a franchisee. This is just a He's just going to get pissed Claudia about are, the seasoning at another restaurant. Well, he was served undercooked eggs. Uh, under the, Yeah, what, over medium? See where this is going. Well, he had asked for them to be flipped over and cooked on oh. both sides. Uh-huh. They didn't come that way. Sure. They were runny. Sure. So he requested the wait- waitress they should be cooked more. And the waitress returned really quickly, and Harlan wasn't buying that they had been cooked. He flipped them over and found out that the cook had not cooked them at all, but just flipped over the eggs on the plate. (laughs) (laughs) I like this cook. How about go fuck yourself? (laughs) So uh, Colonel Sanders stormed into the kitchen, holding the plate, and said to the cook, quote, You You just slipped them. You didn't do what you said you are going to do. You son of a bitch. You think you're smart turning those eggs over on my plate? He threw the eggs at the cook and hit him in the chest. Jesus Christ. The cook came at him with a knife, and Harlan, Harlan picked up a stool and backed out of the kitchen, swearing at the cook the whole way. What? The I'm going to lie and tamer my way out of here. 
the cook eventually stopped his charge and went back into the kitchen, and Harlan and Claudia ate somewhere else. Oh, okay. So well, I'll tell you what. The, the silver lining is that cook now listened when orders got sent back. Oh, fuck yeah, he, he was like, I'll just cook them for Oh, you know, I'll, I'll flip it over. Yeah, I almost stabbed a guy when he threw eggs at my chest. So I'm going to just flip these. Uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken spread across the country. Mm. Uh, there are new uh, franchises in Indiana. And there, there in, in Indiana, at a new franchise, there was a, a young chef, cook, whatever, named Dave Thomas. Uh, what? This Harlan, is like the, the this is like the Bill Walsh coaching tree. <laughs> <laughs> we got Davy Thomas working it back, and a little man named uh, Jeb McDonald, aka Ron. I'm Ron McDonald. Lucky to meet Carl Jr. How are you? My dad was uh, big into this. Uh, Harlan became his mentor. And Thomas invented the rotating chicken buckets that were outside KFC restaurants oh, gosh. for decades. Thomas helped revive some failing KFCs and was given money for that. And he used the money to start his own chain of hamburger restaurants named after his daughter, Wendy. <laughs> this is like super friends. <laughs> Colonel Sanders' magnetic personality combined with his chicken recipe were a hit. The family had enough money to move to a five-bedroom house near Louisville. By 1960, there were 200 KFCs in the U.S. By 1963, there were 600 franchise KFC outlets in North America. In October 1963, Harland, uh, Colonel Sanders, sorry, was approached by a longtime friend named John Y. Brown, Jr. Brown, a partner, his father, wanted to buy KFC. Hmm. But Colonel Sanders said a sale was out of the question, and Brown kept pushing telling him the business would fall apart after he died and his kids would not get what they deserved. This is a cool tactic. This way they would get cash. Right, okay, right, yeah. So the Browns also got franchisees around the country to tell Harlan they wanted him to sell. And they did that by promising the franchisees stock in the company once he sold. Oh, sure, that happens. So that's cool. For sure. Yeah. Harlan eventually decided a sale was the right move. Quote, I realized how the popularity of Kentucky Fried Chicken was growing right over me and mashing me flat. Yep, time to sell. That's what they say. I just couldn't keep up with it. Yep, that's definitely the time to sell. When you're like, this is so out of control fiscally. I'm out. I'm out. In March 1964, he sold KFC to Brown and his partner for $2 million. Stock shares. Jesus Christ. Stock shares and a continuing role as a KFC advisor and brand ambassador for 40 k a year. My God. That's a good deal for back then. That's a lot of money for back then. But still. I know. It's not a lot. But he got stock and he got he gets 40K a year. Ding. Well, let's have it some professionalism. It's my sister. Uh, she says, not my problem. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't sound great. <laughs> what a nice little curtain peel back that is. That's my sister. She said, uh, you're not my brother. Anyway, uh, 1965. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm sure it's about my dad. Um, so, uh, but then he gives his stock shares that he got back in exchange for ownership of KFC Canada franchises. Interesting play. So in 1965, he and Claudia moved to Ontario. So Canada. he's banking that we got some piggies up north. That's too, right. right? Yeah, and there are. We know yeah. there's piggies there's up north. Pig- I'll tell you what. Thanks to America, mm. there's piggies mm-hmm. everywhere. We're just piggies and puddles. That's right. Mm. Mm. What the hell's happening right now? I'm oh, sorry. Brown hired a PR team who created a national 
ad campaign featuring Colonel Sanders. He became a minor celebrity, appearing on The Tonight Show and Lawrence Welk Show and others. Uh, he made more money and became a major philanthropist. Around this time, Colonel Sanders became very religious. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm Father Sanders now. In 1967, he was baptized in the Jordan River. Uh, imagine seeing that. Isn't that the colonel getting dunked? <laughs> the colonel getting dunked in that river? I see him. He's a beautiful beacon of light, and he's right before me now. Finger licking good! <laughs> I have touched the Lord, and I'll tell you, his love is finger licking pious. <laughs> Um, he became close friends with, uh, Jesus. Billy Graham and Jerry Falwell. Oh, for God's sake. Yeah, fuck. Right? Oh, we God. liked him till now. Yeah, it was a good run. Yeah. At one point, he went to see a doctor because he had an impacted bowel. What? Do you know what an impacted bowel is? I'm guessing it's severe constipation. Yeah, there's something in there that's at that point like a rock and you gotta get it taken out. Hmm. If there's ever been an advertisement for KFC, it's that. <laughs> and get our everlasting bowel bowl. Um, Are you while, sick of pooping? Uh, well, KFC, if you get our nine-piece bucket and a side of our mashed potatoes, you're going to find that you're not going to have that problem anymore. Shit will come out of your ears. You'll be sweating your poo. So the doctor finds that he has a colon polyp. Harlan claimed in his autobiography that he cured the colon polyp with prayer. Yep, that's how most polyps go. That's how they go. Yeah. Quote, last night a minister prayed that God would heal me, and he did. Imagine if you're God. God's like, no, 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 you, no, no, no. You, no, you no. have, you, no. Let's, let's just say hypothetically this is a real situation, and, yeah. and, and God uh, is up in the, the mm -hmm. sky, and she's mm -hmm. very busy. Mm -hmm. She's got a lot to do, a mm -hmm. lot on her plate, mm -hmm. and then there's just these prayers are coming in nonstop. Yeah. And then, and you got so much to do. I mean, yeah. the world, the universe, you're overseeing, you're all-knowing. Mm -hmm. And there's someone down there praying to get a polyp out of them. I love that guy. I'm going to kill him, but I love him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's dead, yeah. but he's great. I mean, he's the, so into me. You kill him because you're like, I want this guy by my side. Yeah, this yeah. is hilarious. He's super into me. This and guy's... I can't wait till he gets up here and I'm like, guess what? What? It doesn't work. That's not how it works. That's why I made doctors. Oh. You fucking idiot. Oh. Uh, I never made fall wells. Ah, uh, well, they're 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 saying different. They're not down great. There. They're not great. Oh, your love is finger licking. One of them and his wife are fucking a pool boy. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, I was looking the other way on that. Okay. Yeah. In January 1968, Harlan invited FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover to celebrate his 80th birthday. What a list. <laughs> What is this? You are, we, I mean, this is like, you are hitting some real gems in this one. You've got the Falwells. We're talking about uh, Colonel Sanders. Now he's hanging out with Hoover. He wrote him, quote, I do believe us old folks can show those young people what celebrating's all about. Oh, yeah, right. And we know Hoover did. I mean. Yeah. 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 Quote. Oh, sorry. Harlan had previously written to Hoover in 1960 to compliment his handling of the, quote, San Francisco riots. He was probably talking about Black Friday protests, which were demonstrations against the House Subcommittee on Un-American Activities. Uh, so Harlan basically said he really liked Hoover's work. Yeah. And who didn't? Yeah, everybody. Harlan's FBI report begins, quote, Colonel Harlan F. Sanders 
Colonel Harland of Sanders? F, F. Oh, Harland I F. I thought that was like a Game of Thrones, like fast. Of Sanders. I am Harland of Sanders. We've come down from the Chicken Mountains. But can I just point out that they're calling him Colonel, and his name is not Colonel. The Colonel's, he's not an actual <laughs> he's a colonel. colonel. In the FBI report, they're calling him Colonel. He's, he's a not colonel. a Colonel. He's a Colonel. There's no chicken army. <laughs> oh, you don't know, KFC. United States Army of uh, Chickens. You don't know. Uh, quote, Colonel Harland F. Sanders has not been the subject of an FBI investigation. And then that sentence is followed by two paragraphs of redacted text. So, <laughs> interesting, interesting. <laughs> Makes me think he definitely was never under surveillance. So at one point, J. Edgar Hoover's FBI was investigating Colonel Sanders. It sounds like it, yeah. <laughs> is it finger licking good? Uh, in 1968, the very racist Alabama politician George Wallace considered uh, Harlan Sanders as his running mate for his third-party pro-segregationist presidential campaign. Oh, my God. What? How great of a dollop would that be if he had run? <laughs> there is an alternate universe where he eventually became president. Oh, I think we're living in it. <laughs> I think we've hit it, man. I think we're there. We have, I mean, we've never had a president who likes KFC more. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and I'll guarantee you Trump's dealt with an impacted bowel. Oh, well, 100%. He is an impacted bowel. He is an impacted That's what I'm the Secret sorry. Service has to do. Uh, I'm sorry. You have a Trump. Uh, don't worry. I'll just pray. Jesus loves me. He's a close friend. Even though Harlan was a uh, major contributor to Wallace's campaign, in his autobiography, he claimed that he is not racist, writing, quote, well, I'm not way, racist. Yeah, exactly. I was just about to say, you'll find most non-racist people have made that statement in their life. <laughs> his daughter said he liked Wallace because of his other not racist policies. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, yeah. That's why you, I mean. And that's a, uh, that's if, a blip. You're like, I love. That's a polyp on the ass of policy. I love Wallace's tax policies. There's also the thing where he just constantly talks about segregation and how bad black people are. But other than that, again, he's the great. tax plan is yeah, really good. Super good tax. Trickle down. In 1971, Brown sold Kentucky Fried Chicken to food distribution company Hubline, which distrib distributed uh, Smirnoff vodka. That obviously did not please uh, Colonel Sanders. He also didn't make any money from the sale because he didn't own any stock because he right. traded his stock for. But he's making enough money off the Canada sure. franchises. Um, Harlan thought the quality of KFC then went downhill, mostly because the giant corporation was using cheaper ingredients to save money. In 1974, he sued Hublin, Hublin uh, who he called, quote, booze hounds. He claimed they weren't following his secret recipe and that his reputation was suffering as a result. Sure. He told the Milwaukee Journal, quote, I'm not too proud of my name being associated with some of my restaurants. Everybody thinks I'm, a, I'm Kentucky Fried Chicken. They don't know these other fellows who really run things. I only want to find out how much of my body and soul they own. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's pretty deep. He really loves The headline his. for that should be, Fake Colonel Worried About Name. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there's that. <laughs> the suit was settled out of court, but Harlan got a million dollars. Okay. The next year, he opened a but because basically they couldn't have their spokesman suing them. Right. It's a fucking nightmare. Not, of course, they had to not, pay him it's off. Not a good look. No, imagine if Ronald McDonald was suing McDonald's. Please, can we get there? Please. <laughs> 
I'll do anything. I've been so good. Uh, the next year, uh, Colonel Sanders opened a restaurant in Shelbyville called Harlan uh, Colonel Harlan Dinner House. So he is now like he's going now rogue? opening a, his own fried chicken place. He's Okay, that answers my because question. Because in his opinion, they've changed the formula so much that yes. it doesn't taste like his chicken anymore. Right. So he's like, I'm going to open up my chicken place. Right. He's going to put himself out of business, hopefully. Uh, KFC was upset. Uh, what, what, what What was upsetting? I him? don't know. That, that he <laughs> opened a different restaurant. It's called Fuck You Kentucky Fried Chicken. Well, okay. We need to give him more money. Um, so they got upset. And so he renamed it. Colonel's Ladies Dinner House. Well, now that is a name that makes sense. <laughs> I was I was worried we were going to get a little more into the questionable territory, but obviously we've landed on a good one. Colonel Ladies Chicken House. Uh, still. Lady Chickens. KFC still sued. Okay. Wow. So they're really. Harlan countersued them for $122 million, Interesting claiming, number. <laughs> claiming KFC was interfering with his business. That's right. Now, the case was settled out of court, and no one knows for what. But the name was changed to Claudia, Lady Fingers. <laughs> Claudia Sanders Dinner House. Claudia Sanders Dinner House. What? <laughs> so even with the lawsuit, Harlan remained part of Kentucky Fried Chicken. He was still active in promoting Kentucky Fried Chicken around the world well into his 80s. At age 87, he testified against mandatory retirement before the U.S. Subcommittee on Aging, he was also very active in the bedroom. His daughter said once during a conversation there was a lull, and then Har- Harlan randomly bur- blurted out that he continued to have sex past his 83rd birthday. Oh, what? <laughs> that's, that's how you break a lull. With your daughter. That's how you break a well, lull. It's quiet. Don't say it. It's quiet. Don't say it. Don't say it. That's very you know, I'm still fucking... God damn it. I can't believe I said that to you, my precious daughter, but I'm still fucking. I'll have to come on her face. I feel weird. Well, uh, Dad, we're probably going to get going. <laughs> Have some chicken. No, I don't want to touch anything you've touched. Special sauce. No, you're a dirty, dirty man. I shouldn't have said that thing about fucking, right? Without question. Take care, Pop. See you at Christmas. I'm still fucking... Shut that window. Ain't no! oh, Hurry, hurry. Get in the car. Get the kids in the car. <laughs> One time I got pegged. They went in me. That's where that polyp came from. Do you know what pegging is, honey? That's where they put it in you. Mashed your potatoes. See y'all, see y'all soon. I can't sit down on account of my butt's hurting from getting pegged so much by your mom. Oh. You know, I drank your mom's piss once. <laughs> Did I mention that? I'm sorry. We just didn't have nothing to talk about. I thought I'd throw out a subject. We have a variety of sexual experiences. I watched Dave Thomas fuck your mom in a barn. <laughs> That's where he came up with the idea for the Baconator. Don't tell Wendy. Don't let Wendy know any of this. But I'm Wendy's real dad. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen Ronald McDonald 69 your mom while I was whacking off into a curtain. (laughs) I know why they call him Long John Silver. Got a huge honey. 
Where'd you go? And she left two days ago. Oh my god, I've been screaming out here on yeah, the front you've been porch for two days. Holy shit, I feel weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should eat. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he would make surprise visits to KFC locations, and if he didn't find the food up to his standards. He would denounce it and sometimes even throw it on the floor. Sure. So he's nobody's told him to stop throwing food places, <laughs> and now he's just kind of developed a tantrum quirk. In 1978, he went into a KFC in Bowling Green, Kentucky, and after he ate, he told a local newspaper, quote, my God, the gravy is horrible. They buy tap water for 15 or 20 cents a thousand gallons, and then they mix it with flour and starch and end up with pure wallpaper paste. Jesus. The owner then sued for defamation. It's amazing how much he's getting sued by himself. <laughs> the case was dismissed. Uh, obviously, the company's in a tough spot because the colonel was the face of KFC, right. but he's still talking he's shit. He's like 90 now, so yeah. like, we just wait this one out. Uh, KFC's public relations chief during the latter part of the 1970s was a black man, and he said Harlan liked to play a joke when they traveled together. Oh, God, no. Quote, in the case with me traveling with the colonel, I always sat in back, believe it or not, and he sat up front with the driver. And what he would do when he got to the motel where we stayed, he jumped out of the car and ran to go to the back to open the door for me. And then he'd run ahead to the hotel and guide me through the door, and he would carry the bags. Okay. Once Dorman said to the public relations chief and, and Colonel Sanders, I know the guy who opened the door is Colonel Sanders. And Harlan said, quote, that's my son, but we don't talk about that. Oh, wow. <laughs> so maybe not as racist or, uh, or uh, having like a, a good sense of humor. I don't yeah, know. It's hard He's definitely making fun of the times, right? Yes. He's definitely blowing people's minds. So there's a mm, George Wallace, but then. Sure. I'm still, right? I'm not over the Jim Crow. I know. And this guy really liked him. I don't know. You yeah. Know, it's complicated. Yeah. 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 Um, but overall, I'd say he's probably racist. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, and a couple of years ago, the CEO of Papa John's said he should be able to use the worst oh. racial slur there is because Colonel Sanders used to use it. Oh, is that what his justification was? Yeah, that's was? what he said. He no longer works at Papa John's. Yeah, that is the best. But that was his justification. Good. What? Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah peep. Yes, that's right. Good point, Papa John. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Papa John. He said oh, is it, like, is it 2017? He said that on like a conference call. Yeah. 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 And, then, and then went back down. Yeah, right. No, and then was like, "What do you guys mean?" Colonel I said, Sanders, I'm sorry. Did you say it. I'm oh, sorry. what? Could you for chicken's bad now? On that guy is a real piece of yeah, shit. Papa huge. Uh, on December sixteenth, nineteen eighty, at age ninety, Harlan Sanders died of pneumonia in Louisville, Kentucky. After his funeral, his body lay in state at the Kentucky State Capitol. Wendy's. You know that, and the the will asked for him to be deep fried. <laughs> oh God. That would be so fucking amazing. Yeah. That would be the best thing ever. And that's why I'm always going to miss my dad. God damn, your daddy smells good. He's going to be delicious. <laughs> Wendy's, uh, obviously founded by Dave Thomas, is the fourth largest food chain in the U.S. Uh, the 11 herbs and spices in KFC chicken recipe are still a closely guarded trade secret. There are over 20,000 KFC locations in 130 countries around the globe, making it the fourth largest fast food chain in the world. One country is Thailand, sort of. 
In 2013, it was revealed a KFC-type restaurant had opened in Bangkok. It looked exactly like KFC with one small difference. It was called Colonel Lady Chicken. Colonel Sanders' head was replaced with the head of Hitler. Oh, I'm terribly sorry. And the head restaurant was named Hitler. <laughs> what? Hey, Thailand, can we talk to you for a minute? What? I want everyone not to Google Thailand and Hitler because Hitler is a big thing in Thailand. What? A British expat said, quote, nobody quite knows what to make of it. I went in for a bite last week. Well, why would you go in? <laughs> Who's got, going in? And got some fried chicken. What? Which was pretty good. No. I asked the guy behind the counter why it was called Hitler. He just shrugged his shoulders and said the owners had thought it was a good image. What? KFC's parent company which is now Yum, issued a statement saying they found it distasteful and were considering legal action. A month later, the restaurant had changed its name to H. Mussolini's. <laughs> Come down to Idi Amin's. Uh, changed its name to H-ler. Oh, okay, so better. And is the head is still rotating Hitler? <laughs> oh, my God. Colonel Sanders is currently being played... By different actors and ads, including Reba McIntyre. Oh, my God. What the hell? Jesus, God. Well, quite a story about the colonel. <laughs> obviously. Yeah. I'll tell you. I, I, I think among, you know, all, all fast food places are, are pretty bad just because they, oh, my God, it's Hitler. It's Hitler in everything else is the same. It's just Hitler's head, and then it's the and then it's, it's Colonel Sanders' little apron and his little outfit, and it just plainly says Hitler. What does the sign say out front? There's a little sign on the door. I'm sure it's in Thai. Oh God, I would hope that it says "closed for distaste." <laughs> but I I think all the like all the all those pla- all fast food places really for the most part uh, are. Uh, that that's why like Burger King now has the uh, Impossible Burger, and yeah. I think that is good in a way. But I'm also like I don't give Burger King or KFC or any of those places my money because it, they are so bad. To the treatment of animals is so abysmal. I know. I went to I went I was so on Impossible Burger the other day, and the only place close was Fat Burger, and so I got one there. Yeah, but I yeah. feel bad eating it there. Yeah. Well, and and so I I've been a vegetarian for uh, almost all of my adult life. And there was a time when I was in LA where I was pescatarian and I was like, that's, I'm not going to, I'm going to stop eating fish soon or whatever. And I was with a buddy and he was editing something for us. And, uh, I was like, cause he was doing me a favor. So I was like, yeah, I'll come over and we'll work on it. And he's like, yeah, just grab me some KFC on the way over. Uh, and I was like, okay. Yeah. So I went, I had to go buy KFC and I went and bought him like, you know, 12 piece or whatever. And we were sitting in his little office and he's editing and I'm sitting there and I'm like, and that was the day I started eating chicken again. Really? <laughs> yeah, for like a year. Yeah. Okay, so I'm a kid. God, I'm probably 10. And uh, after I have a baseball game, sometimes my dad would take us to KFC afterwards. Right. And uh, so he's in getting the chicken, and I'm outside, and I'm in the parking lot. I'm just fucking running around or whatever. And I go around back. Oh, God. you Bad start. <laughs> They, they, fast food restaurants should not have backs. They should just be. And there's like a gated off area. Oh, God. And it's where the dumpsters are or whatever. And I open it up. What, what, you open up the gated off area. I'm a kid. Yeah. 
And there are oil drums filled with chicken carcasses. Uh, oh, my And they God. are gray because yeah. they've been yes. tossed out and are just fucking sitting there. And they're piled high, as high as they can be. Maybe Hitler drums. was the right spokesman. <laughs> And I never ate. Yeah, I think I don't think I've ever had fried chicken again. There, there was a rumor ate. about ten years ago that I think is, I believe, has been debunked, but was pretty fantastic. Where it was that KFC was, and I, and the truth is that the the chickens they use, I'm sure, are full of antibiotics and hormones. But they there was a theory that they had created a headless chicken called Animal Fifteen. <laughs> Have you heard about this? It was, and they and they basically called it like a multi-breasted, multi-winged, like you know, four-winged oh bird with no head. But it was just the meat was so voluminous that that's why it was kind of genetically modified and created. Oh my, yeah, but that's close to what they are anyway. Oh, totally. No, the chickens. I mean, yeah, I'm sure they they their breasts are so big they can't stand up. A lot of them have trouble standing up. Uh, and then there's the thing where they eat each other. Well, the, condi- the conditions for how you house animals for factory farming is crazy. Yeah. And chicken coops is especially like Tyson chicken and stuff like that. It's they gnarly. now have rules. And, uh, and they, I mean, talk about having like your foot on the throat of farmers and stuff. Yeah. Like these farmers are not allowed to report to people about what's happening. And to the point now where they're so worried about investigations that they have, the chickens are not allowed any light in the yeah, so people uh, quote can't unquote look in. coop. Yeah. yeah, so that nobody, so that no investigators can actually look in and see what's going on. And then there was actually a thing last week where they were showing, um, I can't remember what the fuck the company's called. It's called Fair Oaks, I think. Oh, yeah, you put that uh, up. Fair, Fair Oaks um, fa- uh, factory farms that the treatment of the animals is, I mean, it well, it's is. barbaric. Yeah, it's what you would expect, but seeing seeing it is also very, very crazy and very sad. And a lot of those chicken farmers are now becoming vegetarians because they're so fucking mad at the chicken companies. And, yeah. and we're talking about chicken farmers that are, Essentially, become indentured servants. No, you have you have you're you're you have no choice. Yeah, really, if you're them, because you're like you did start in the meat production business, and it used to, and it used to be with meat production. Probably when he started his business and stuff, you know, these chickens were chickens. They were yeah. actually like chickens, and they were roaming, and they you know, and you would eat them, and that is a process that people can make their own choice on. But it's become it, monstrous. It had it is it is morphed now into. Torture, yeah, total torture. No, the the way the animals are treated is fucking insane. Yes, uh, and yes. Yeah, so now that far, and then of course the farmers don't want to do it, so then they're forced to do it, and it's yeah. just crazy. That whole system is fucking bananas. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when six companies run everything. I think it's five, and I think it's it pretty might be good. four. I think it's pretty good. Yeah, I do think it's good. You saw. Have you me. noticed anything bad? I, don't, I haven't seen. Yeah, no. Now that I think about wrong. it, that now that I think about it, you're right. It is good. I thought I made a good point. It is a good point. Yeah. It's a finger-looking good point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not touching your pinky, even though Lick you're it. holding it in front Lick of my, my face. Finger. No. Uh, all, right. all right. We sign cars. We sign cars. Go to uh, dollopodcast.com for tickets to our shows. Yeah. Join us. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army. 
to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it let's see you there hey there people listening to the dollop uh this is gareth yes the same guy i listen i have a new podcast called we're here to help that i'm doing with my friend jake johnson it's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't but we try to help people with problems that are important to them you can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts and it is out right now so go listen to we're here to help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help 